We have been looking at Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to try to be quick. I know y'all hungry like me. I didn't eat breakfast this morning thinking about everything that's going to be down there. But we've been looking at chapter 1 of Ephesians at uh, everything that is His. And then we get to partake of those things. We looked at His will, we've looked at His grace, and we've looked at His blood. We start looking last week at His glory and that we should live for His glory. Uh, Ephesians 1.12 said that we should be the praise of His glory who trusted in Christ. Every child of God, we are to live our lives bringing Jesus glory. That is the reason why you're still here. If God saved you, if He didn't need you to be here, He would have just took you on home, but He left you here to show the world His glory. To show the lost people His glory. And that we should give Him the glory in our everyday lives. We talked about that. We should give them glory in our discouragement. We are to give Him the glory in our everyday life. Today I want to look at seeking His glory as a child of God. Let me say you don't have to look too hard to find the glory of God. In Isaiah it said the serpents were flying around and it's saying glory, holy, 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 crying to, uh, to God who the whole earth is full of His glory. No matter where you look at in this world, you can find God's glory. The stars, the earth in which we stand on, trees, animals, lakes, your own body, mountains, oceans, even down to the fleas and ticks that we don't like, you can see God's glory. You can find God's glory if you're looking for God's glory. But the world does not want to see His glory. The Bible said that they knew God, but did not glorify Him as God. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like to the corruptible. They saw the glory of God in the earth. They saw the glory of God in the animals. And they said, we reject God, but we'll glorify the animals. We'll become tree huggers. You, you know, I, I find it amazing how there's an a endangered species list that you killed an animal you can go to jail for. I, I read that if you killed a uh, bald eagle, you can get fined $5,000 and two and a half years in jail for that, but yet you can take an unborn child and a woman or baby and rip it out and they do nothing to you today. Something's wrong with this world today. So I, I like to uh, preach this morning uh, on seeking God's glory as a child of God. Now listen to me, you can be so obsessed with all the glory in society, and you will miss the glory of God. And if we don't find the glory in God, people live this gloom and doom in our society today. 
we could look for His glory. That we should be the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Uh, look in uh, Exodus chapter 33 this morning. Exodus chapter 33. I want to show you a man who looked for His glory. Amen. Exodus chapter 33. If you mind, would you stand with me? Beginning in verse number 14. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up. Now that, that ought to be every child of God's theme song. If your presence don't go with me, I'm not going. If you're not going, I'm not going. For worrying shall it be known here that I am. Thy people have found grace in thy sight, is not in thou goest up with us. Who shall be separated? I am the, thy people, and from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And, I, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make a goodness pass before thee, and I will claim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious and show mercy unto whom I show mercy. And he said, Thou canst see my face, for thou shalt no man see my face and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thy face with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We just ask you to help us to seek the glory of God. Help us to know the glory of God. Help us to feel the glory of God today, Lord. And we'll praise you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. Here's a man that said one thing. Lord, I want to see the glory. I want to see your glory. God, I'm, I'm not seeking wealth. I'm not seeking fame. I just want to see your glory. If there's ever been a time that God's people uh, needs to be reminded how wonderful God is, how amazing God is, we need to be reminded in the day in which we live in today. All the depressing discouragement. All these things that's going on in this world today. We need to be reminded just how wonderful and glorious God is today. If you stop getting your eyes off of God and start getting your eyes on this world, you slip back into the things of this world. We can look and live in the glory of God, not just once in a while, but every day of our lives, seeking His glory. First thing we see with Moses, uh, uh, we find the problems push Moses to look for His glory. Why would God allow problems to come into my life? Because sometimes we need to be pushed to see His glory. 
You see, that would, that, that's the problem pushed Moses. Yeah, if you go back one chapter, two chapters, and start reading in chapter 32, uh, 32 they had just came out of Egypt. They had a great victory. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land. What a wonderful God. What a glorious God. And they got to the other side and turned around and watched God defeat the army of Egypt. These must have been some Baptists because when that great victory happened, they started crying and complaining and murmuring. Why would you bring us on this side just to die? Amen. They, they, they had... Forty days they had done backslidden to the place they were in Egypt. They had done all the things that were back in Egypt. Moses was up in the mountains. They said, hey, we don't know if Moses is ever going to come back. We don't know anything, so uh, we need to make us a God that we can follow. So what happens? You know what happens. They took all the gold made a calf, started a barn fire, had some of that rock and roll, head-banging music going on. They were dancing, and all of that rock and roll, head-banging music was going on, and they were dancing. Not only were they dancing, they were dancing naked. Amen. They, they, they done got it going on there. In verse 30, 32, verse 19, and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and dance. And Moses is coming down back from the mountain there, back being with God. Verse 25, and Moses saw the people were naked. Listen to me. Moses is fed up. He's fed up uh, with the lustful lifestyle. He, he's fed up with uh, uh, living against God. He said, this is messed up. Just 40 days ago, you were shouting the victory, thanking God uh, for the manna, walking with God. 40 days later, here you are, turn your back into a sinful way. And when you're out of Egypt, Ain't that like Christians today? God does something wonderful to them. God saves them. God delivers them from something they've been praying for. God, you've been on your knees begging God. And God delivers you and God saves you. And you just give God the praise. You're jumping and shouting. But it don't take about two weeks later. You're right back in the same condition you were that God has delivered you out of because you lost sight of God. And any time we lose sight of God, we can slip back down into where I'm saying anybody in here has the possibility to slip back into the world and become what you used to be. Amen. He says, but you don't remember. You don't remember what God has done for you. You have forgotten how good God was. You're back living the same lifestyle that you were before God brought you out. Moses was fed up with the people. Have you ever been at a place where you got fed up with somebody? You, you start living with God, you're, you got saved, you're trying to do things right, but somehow or another you got your eyes off of God and you start looking at people. 
and you start looking at them and say, how in the world can they be Christians? If they were saved, they wouldn't be doing that. If they were saved, they wouldn't be talking like that. If they were saved, they wouldn't be listening to that. If they were saved, they'd be in church. Problem is, when they took our eyes off everybody, God, and put it on everybody else. Moses was fed up. He was fed up with those people. And not only was Moses fed up with them, he was fed up with his own family. Aaron is his brother. And he said, look at him. And Aaron lies to him. Moses asked him, what, what do these people do unto the Aaron? And Aaron replied and said, uh, thou knowest these people. They are mischief people. For they said unto me, make us gods that we shall go before us. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath gold, let him break it off. So they gave me the gold and I cast it in the fire and all of a sudden, boom, this golden calf jumped out. I didn't do that, Moses. I just throwed the gold in there and the calf came out. Moses knew Aaron was lying to him. He's tired of the people. He's tired of the situation. He's fed up with his own family. But Moses said, I'm not only tired with, fed up with them backslidden, I'm not only tired and fed up with my family lying to me. He said, Aaron, you, you're, you're supposed to have my back. You're my brother. We, we're in this thing together, but you let me down. And before you start getting a big head about how good you are and how wonderful you are, Moses not only fed up with all that, but Moses also fed up with himself. Moses realized he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the law that God had given him. God had wrote this with his own finger and Moses come down to give it to the people. And when Moses saw all this that's going on, he angered and threw the tablets down. Hmm. That's how you treat something God gives you? You throw it down the ground and break? Is that what you do when God gives you thing? Moses said, I'm fed up with me. I've broken the Ten Commandments. He's the only man I know that broke all ten at one time. <laughs> Moses not only fed up with them, he looks at himself and says, you know, they're not the only ones with problems. I've got problems. Moses said, I've been, I've seen enough of them and I've seen enough of me. I don't, I don't want to see their backslidden no more. I don't want to hear the lies no more. I know what I've been facing. I know the problems I'm going through. I'm just fed up. God, you know what I need? I just need to see your glory. I need to see someone that is high and lifted up. Show me thy glory. Many times we get fixated on the sins of others. Many times it's easy to fixate on the shortcomings of ourselves. That we need to get fixated on Jesus. And the things this world will grow strangely dim to you. 
in the light of His glory, in the light of His grace. You listen to me, there is plenty of fault to be found in this preacher here. Y'all, y'all, y'all telling me about all of this stuff, but I'm just telling you, there's plenty of fault to be found in me. If you follow me around every day, you will point out, nitpick, and everything else. But don't be ashamed, if I'd follow you around, I could do the exact same thing to you. Amen. Problem is, we get our eyes fixated on everybody else instead of who we need to get it fixated on, God. God, I'm fed up with me. I'm fed up with everybody. Show me thy glory this morning. You ever get to the place where you're just tired and fed up with yourself and others, the shortcomings, the circumstances, the letdowns? You know what you need to do? Stop looking at them. Moses comes before the Lord and said, I beseech thee. Show me thy glory. I need to see something better than what I have been looking at. I've been looking at others. I've been looking at myself. We've all got problems. We've all got issues. But we need to just get into a spot where we can see the glory of God. And when you see the glory of God, I don't find anything wrong. I can't nitpick with God. Lord, when I see your glory, all I can do is say, praise the Lord. Problems will push you to to look for His glory. Or or problems going to push you to look for His glory. Or problems will push you away till you finally just give up and walk away. There's been a lot of people I know that's done that. The best thing for you to do is find your spot and look for His glory there. And when you get in it, just stay right where you're at. Amen? Lord, show me your glory. Problems push Moses to seek God's glory. Can I say there was a place for Moses to see His glory? Moses said, I beseech thee to show me thy glory. And the Lord replied in verse 21, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock. Now Moses, you're not going to be seeing all of me. No man can live and see all of me. We couldn't even handle seeing all the glory this morning. If God just opened up the heavens and let us see our glory, it would wipe us all out this morning. No man can live and see God's glory. Even the disciples on the Mount Transfiguration, when God's glory shut down, what did they do? They fell down on their faces. They couldn't handle the glory of God. All we're going to do is fall down on His faces. There are some people say, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to run and shout, praise God. I'm just going to run up to Jesus and say, hey, thank you, brother. No, it ain't working that way. Don't work that way. (laughs) That song, I love the song, but it just has kind of like a false meaning meaning to it. It says, you know, uh, uh, I can only imagine what I'm going to do when I get to heaven. Will I sing for you? Will I dance for you? Or in all, I'm going to fall down on my knees. 
John was on the island of Patmos, exiled. He'd been boiled in oil, tried to kill him. Can't kill the man of God if God don't want him to die. Don't shoot. And the Bible says John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And, and they called him up. And John was in the presence of God. And it said it overwhelming that he fell as dead. He couldn't even handle all the glory of God. It took him a while to acclimate to the glory of God that he was able to stand and look. When you get to heaven and the glory of God is being shown around you, you're not going to run, dance, and think. All you're going to do is fall down at the feet of the one who died for you until you acclimate and get all that glory in. Then you're going to be able to stand and look at the man who saved your life. Amen. Amen. The problem with Christians today is because sometimes we don't want to see or recognize the glory of God. I think we've gotten a little frivolous in His presence. We don't recognize how glorious He is. We don't really realize how glorious His glory is. If we just realize, if we just realize just how glorious God is, in church this morning. We wouldn't be on our phones, wouldn't we, would we? Amen. We wouldn't be. If we realized just how glorious God is, we wouldn't be taking a nap in church this morning, would we? Amen. I think we just don't realize just how God is, how glorious God is. I think we don't see the glorious of God. Moses said, I want to see thy glory. I want to see thy glory. Moses messed up. Moses down and out. Sick of himself, sick of others. He's messed up. He broke the commandments. He's mad, he's angry, and comes the Lord. I want to see your glory. Now, if I was God, thank God I'm not, I would look down and say, hold here, brother. I gave you the tablets I wrote with my own finger, and you go down there and break them. You get all angry, you get all huffy, you get all mad. I just ain't got time for you right now. I, I just ain't got time to deal with you right now. You just going over yonder, and when I get ready, I, I might call you. No. God looked at this messed up, burden broken of a man. And I love this. God says, I have a place for you right here by me. So close that when I walk by, you can take a peek at my back parts. What we need this morning is to see glory. To get into a place that say, God, help me see thy glory. Aren't you glad that God doesn't quit? God is a place of rest. Near the heart of God. 
when God's children find His glory. Aren't you glad God don't quit on them? Noah found his place in the ark. Abraham found that in the altar. Isaac found that at the place of the well. David found a place in a cave. The three Hebrew boys found that in a furnace. Mary found it at the feet of Jesus. John found it at the leaning on the heart and breast of Jesus. Paul found that place in a prison cell. And thank God that when I was lost and undone and on my way to hell, I found that place at an altar in an old-timey church. Amen. You can find His glory in the Scriptures. 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with an open face behold as looking at glasses. And Jesus and James says uh, the, that glass you're looking at is a mirror. It gives us a reflection of who we are. The glory of the Lord are changed Him unto Him. The same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. You can get a peek of the glory of God from Revelations to Genesis and anywhere in between those two, all you got to do is open up and flip to a page and you'll be able to see the glory of God. If you want to see the glory of God, get in His book this morning and stay in His book this morning. You'll find His glory in the sanctuary. I wonder why... God's people put such a low priority on the church this morning. I've heard people say, well, I ain't got to go to church because I am the church. Well, that's not Bible. You can't find anything for it. It's not, it's not such a thing as a church of one. Revelations, he's talking to the seven churches in verse 13. He said, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the hood, and girded about his patents with a golden girdle. In verse 20, he says, he said, the mystery of the seven stars which thou showest thee in thy right hand, and the seven candlesticks, the seven stars of the angels of the seven church, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the churches. And where, where is the Lord at? In verse, chapter 2, verse 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith the hold of the seven stars in the right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden states. Jesus is walking in the midst of each and every one of us this morning. If you come to meet with God, and you come to meet fellowship, you come to sing, and you come to hear the preaching, God is in the midst. You say, I sure wish I could see the glory of God. Just look around. This is how you do it. I'm going to give it to you quick. Get somewhere where the book is open and where God's people meet. And according to this, He promised He will show up. He said, I will meet you. If you want to get a little peek of Him, show up in the house of God. Why? Not because I'm here, not because you're here, but because we can get in His glory 
when we come together and worship together in his name, he will show up. Yes. Problems pushed Moses to seek his glory. There was a place for him to see his glory. There was some power in the presence of the Lord. There was some power that Moses got on after he got in the presence of the Lord. You can't help to get around God and suffer God rub off on you. I've had people tell me, well, I'll come to church when I get cleaned up. Well, whatever's on you ain't going to rub off on God, I can tell you that for sure. Amen. But if you come, maybe some of what's on him may rub off on you. Amen. Moses was complaining as bad as the rest of them. Ain't it something when Moses gets in the presence of God, Moses had done all what he'd done, God rubbed off on Moses. You just keep bringing everything you got to God. Keep your face in the book. Just keep meeting with God's people and God will start showing up and rubbing off on you this morning. Really? Yeah, look at chapter 34, verse 29. Moses had been on the mountain with God, and he's coming back down in verse 29. And it came to the pass when Moses came down the mountain of Sinai, and the two tables of tablets, testimony in Moses' hands. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that his skin was on his face, was stone like it was talked. He didn't realize that his face was showing. He didn't realize this. And when Aaron and his children of Israel saw Moses, they beheld the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh unto him. You say, what's that? <laughs> it is the longer you hang around the splendor, the brightness, the praise of the glory of God, the longer you hang around the divine scriptures and his presence, something like that's going to happen to you. You walk around out there and you've been in the presence of God. You've been in the house of God and God's fell all over you. You get outside there and people are going to look at you and say, hmm. Woo, there's something different about you. You don't look like you used to look. There is something totally different about you today. I love that when somebody says, I've had people come up to you, you're a preacher. Well, yeah, you just look like one. I don't know what one looks like. I go home, look in the mirror. You look like a preacher? No, we don't. But if you stay around the presence of God, you get in the book of God, God's going to fall on you. They'll ask you, what's going on in your life? Verse 33, until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went before the Lord he's to speak with him, he took the veil off. Now he's covering up the glory of God to speak to the people, but when he's around God, he takes it off. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel with which he commanded. And the children saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses was face shown. And Moses put the veil upon his face until he even to speak with him. This place of glory of God has changed Moses. Being in the presence of God, that's what it will do to you. 
He said, I don't believe that. That's Old Testament. That's Moses. All that stuff happened then and there. It cannot happen today. Uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, we're under the grace. Uh, we're not under the law. All that stuff was just a picture for all those in that day. I'm glad you asked. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm glad you asked that question. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 7. But if the ministration of death written and engraved in stone was glorious, talking about the law, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance was glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministry of the Spirit be ratified glorious? That's what we are. We have the Spirit living inside of us. And he says, what you've got inside of you. For if the ministration of condemnation of the glory much more doeth the ministration of righteousness that exceeded the glory. What's inside of you? He said, hey, hey, what's inside of you is greater than that what Moses had that was on his face. Wow. Moses shone on the outside. God changes you on the inside. And that glory of God is on the inside, in your heart, in your soul. Yeah. And it said in verse 10, For even which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth it. For if that which is done away was glorious, how much more that remaineth is glorious. Seeing that we have such a hope, we use great plainness of speech. You talking, you, wait a minute, you talking plainly now? Yes. And not as Moses, which put a veil on his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the end of that which is abolished. Yeah. We have something greater than what Moses had. Praise the Lord. See, I don't have to worry about things. He said, I, I, I sit here and preach this, and some of you just ain't going to get it. Because you need your neck deep into things in the world out there. And while I'm, while I'm trying to help you to see the glory of God, you're neck deep in your problems, your burdens, somebody you have an alt against, and you can't get in the glory of God this morning. You say, well, if I, wasn't, if I was like Moses, no, you don't have to be like Moses. He said, but their minds were made blind. Verse 15, but even unto this day when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. In other words, he's saying Moses put a veil on over what he had gotten. And I don't have to put a veil on what I've got. Just show up. The world, the God's glory. Show them what God has done to you in your life. Show them what He's done for your family. Show them how He's changed you. Show them how He took a lost old sinner and saved you and washed you in the blood. You're now, you're a child of the King. 
He gave you hope. He gave you peace. He gave you joy. And He's given you a shout. And He's given you a song. You don't have to put a veil on that. Let the world see it. Verse 4, chapter 4 of that. For God who commanded the light to be shine out, the darkness hath shined in our hearts, to give the light the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Moses is fed up. He says, I need to see his glory. Paul is fed up and aggravated. But I got the glory on the inside. Amen. Verse 8 says, We are troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always abearing in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. Why? Because I have joy. Joy down inside. I've got something shining down on inside. God's glory is on the inside. It doesn't matter what's going on, on the outside. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, God's glory is on the inside. I can get God's glory this morning. I've got Jesus living on the inside of my heart. And that is greater than anything that this world has to offer. If we come looking for His glory, come listening for His glory, come longing for His glory, you might just leave out of here in the presence of His glory. Seeking God's glory this morning. 